0: Hello and welcome to Cumber Baptist Church Podcast. The following is taken from our evening service, Sunday 1st of September, 2019. This evening we are joined by Trevor Morrow, who takes his reading from Romans, chapter 10, verses 1 to 15, and brings us a message entitled, My Heart's Desire. Again for those words of welcome, thank you as a church for the opportunity to come and to share with you today. Uh, I have enjoyed fellowship, I have enjoyed renewing fellowship, Um, I was going to say with a few older people but they wouldn't like that. Um, A few folk that I've known for a long time, let's put it like that. And it's been good and um, I've been blessed and I trust that you've been blessed through God's word as well as we have looked at it uh, together. Thank you for coming out again tonight. It's always difficult to find twicers, those who are prepared to come out both Sunday morning and Sunday evening and I appreciate the extra effort that you have made to to be here uh, this evening. Now a number of folk have been asking uh, just about Uh, the work that I'm now involved in. So I'm going to take about five minutes uh, just to bring you up to date with where we are at as a couple, as a family, uh, and then we'll turn to God's Word. Okay. Uh, I want to say thank you, first of all, to you as a church, to Cumber Baptist Church, for your prayerful remembrance of us in the land of Peru. Um, You stood with us. There were difficult times down through those 26 years uh, that we had the privilege of serving Uh, With Baptist Missions serving the Lord there. Uh, We saw God doing amazing things, and we thank you for standing with us. We are testimony to the fact that as you pray here, six and a half thousand miles away, God is answering prayer. And that's the exciting thing about prayer. And we're going to be looking at that later on as we think about um, the uh, prayer and the world and how we can influence, how we can impact the world. Uh, in our home and in our church but thank you on behalf of Christine and myself and Rebecca and Andrew uh, I often would visit the churches here in deputation and I remember on, on at least two or three occasions um, people leaving the church and uh, they were saying to me you know we don't pray for you and that's not normally what people would say they would normally say I'm praying for you every day but I can think of two or three ladies who said well, I don't pray for you but I never forget to pray for Rebecca and Andrew every day and we are so grateful And they are living testimony again to God's hand upon their lives. Both of them know and love the Lord. And Rebecca just got married uh, a month ago. I'm still struggling with that. I must confess, um, it's difficult to let go of your little girl. And uh, so we better treat her well or he'll have a visit from me if he doesn't. And I've already told them that. Um, But we thank God for uh, helping Rebecca, not only through her schooling in Peru and then four years in the United States. And now she's, she's actually working in Craigavon um just a few miles away andrew is in his second year at the Irish baptist college starting in a couple of weeks time and he's just back yesterday from a a week in spain having served with coaching for christ Uh, and so we thank god for his hand upon them and thank you for praying for uh, the missionary kids those of you who do specifically remember them christine came back home again two years ago Uh, i'd been on a period of deputation she came back home she wasn't well uh, and to cut a long story short, it transpired that she required uh, hip surgery. So she had a hip replacement just over a year ago, and we praise God that that was a tremendous success. Mm-hmm. And uh, just over a year ago, around June time, we were looking forward to getting back to Peru. Christina actually left her handbag sitting on the table in our house in, 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 in Ilo in South Peru. And so we were looking forward to getting back. Uh, but unfortunately uh, for us, and I say unfortunately because we w- we've got the green light from doctors, we, we felt our churches were behind us, and we were ready to go back baptist missions felt that the door was closing for us and uh, so that came as a shock and we were disappointed we were frustrated we were annoyed we were angry and just did not understand what god was doing and someone has once said even when you cannot trace the hand of god you can always trust the heart of god you may not understand what god is doing but god always does what is best for you and i and we proved that and we thank god for those 26 years with baptist missions We want to encourage you to keep on praying for the work of Baptist Missions. Uh, This is your obligation as a Baptist church uh, to support uh, your mission, and I would encourage you to do that. Uh, We benefited from those prayers, and we want you to keep on praying that God will build his kingdom in the land of Peru. Many still need to hear uh, about the Lord Jesus Christ, so we please pray for them. So we came home, um, not able to go back to Peru, wondering where on earth God was taking us and leading us. And I remember being encouraged to look at a... An opportunity that one mission society oms had they were looking for two people um they were looking for an area representative here for northern ireland and a uk personnel hr human resources uh, person and uh, so i wasn't quite sure which of those positions uh, i would like or if indeed it was what god wanted and i remember going up onto uh, the newton large road not really quite sure where the office of oms was and praying lord just show me the next chapter what is it that you want me to do where is it that you want me to go and just then I heard on my phone you have arrived at your destination I looked up and to the right was the Strandtown police station and I thought well I hope that's not my next destination my next chapter and as I looked to the left it was Melville funeral home and I thought well I hope that's not the next chapter for me either um, but it transpired that the OMS office was actually above um, and uh, the Melville funeral home and I went for the interview and not really quite sure whether this was what God wanted or not and I uh, came away from the interview thinking no that's not really for me and I couldn't decide even if they did offer me one of them I didn't know which one I wanted I would really love both of them if truth be told and so three days later the executive director phoned me and he said look the board have had a change of mind they would like to take you on full-time not part-time They'd like to take you on full-time and they would like you to do both jobs and uh, so God gave me the privilege of stepping on into one mission society and I'm currently the Northern Ireland area representative visiting churches promoting the work of OMS and I'm also the personnel officer and that means that if I meet with someone whether it's in a church or a missionary convention and they show an interest in a particular area of mission I'm able to take them from that initial inquiry right through to placing them on the field and providing pastoral care for them so I'm really excited and actually today is I celebrate nine months Uh, with One Mission Society. So God has been good. What of Christine? Well, for her it was a little bit longer, the adjustment, the transition, because uh, she didn't have something like another missionary organization to focus on. But God has opened up opportunities for her in the Cookstown Church, which is where we are now members, Cookstown Baptist, and she's involved in a coffee outreach. Um, I think she loves coffee more than she loves me and so God knew her heart and actually uh, she's sharing coffee with uh, those in the neighborhood particularly those from uh, other countries who have come to settle in Cookstown so she's a tremendous opportunity there and just recently has begun teaching English to a number of foreign nationals that have taken up residence in Cookstown so the two things she likes to do best drink coffee and talk and so she's able to do that uh, there in Cookstown Baptist Church and again we appreciate uh, your thoughts and your prayers so One Mission Society uh, now from a family-oriented denominational mission. Uh, I'm now working with an interdenominational mission and a global mission, working in over 70 countries around the world. OMS, and they are working with some 14, just over 14,000 indigenous people in different countries. They have workers uh, there who work alongside our OMS staff. Uh, on average, on average, there are 6,000 churches planted every year through the efforts of one mission society. Now, that's exciting. That's mind-blowing and uh, so I thank God for the privilege of being part of this tremendous work but even greater than this do you realize that through the efforts of One Mission Society every 31 seconds on average there's a new believer coming into God's family somewhere around the world so we've been together now for almost half an hour so in that half hour over 60 people have come to know the Lord through OMS ministries around the world not exciting you're allowed to say amen even in a Baptist Church all right I'm excited about that, and I thank God for the opportunity to be part of God building his kingdom around the world, and you can be part of that as well as, as you um, uh, conduct the worship here in Cumberbaptist, as you think about mission, and as you pray. Um, God will bless those prayers and answer those prayers amazingly. So I've, um, I'm going to leave it there with that. There's a little bit more information. Uh, some of you were asking for prayer cards this morning. There's a little leaflet about OMS. This is just hot off the press. Uh, we had it at Bangor Worldwide Missionary Convention last week. Uh, there's a free copy there for you as well. And our latest uh, prayer card is there if you'd like to uh, take that as well and find out a little bit more about what we're doing. Thank you again for praying with us, journeying with us, and being part of what God is doing around the world. Now we're going to uh, be thinking uh, this evening, this morning, we thought about prayer and the church and how we pray for one another and how we encourage one another, how we build one another up. Uh, and that's so important before we are ever able to reach out into the world. And when I say world, I mean anything outside uh, these doors. So it could be your neighborhood, it could be your family, it could be neighboring towns, it could be our province, it could be Ireland. Uh, Ireland, is, uh, There's actually less than half a percent Of evangelicals in Ireland that's staggering in the south of Ireland today there is less than half a percent of the population are evangelicals okay so we can pray for Ireland and we can pray for it right around the world I've just come back from a mission trip to Belgium Uh, we were at a beer festival Uh, by the way I don't drink Um, but this was a beer festival where thousands of young people from um, Belgium gathered together for a week-long drinking session and we had the opportunity of going out at every morning at half past five for two hours or so and just sharing coffee with them and engaging in conversation. Tremendous conversation, hundreds of conversations over that week uh, during the week of Belgium. Our missionaries there, Eddie and Chris Delimieri, they're seeking to build a church, uh, plant a church there in, in the city of Ghent. Uh, and I know they would value your prayer. So God's at work right around the world. And we have missionaries uh, as far east as Indonesia. Just sent a young guy from uh, Port Lenon. Uh, just up the road and I don't know how they understand the accent in Indonesia but he he's gone a, a few weeks ago to work for the Lord for one year in Indonesia and we have a young girl currently from Newton Arch uh, Scrabble Hall in Newton Arch preparing to head out to Mozambique and uh, to serve uh, the Lord in a special um, clinic there for disabled people uh, we have missionaries uh, down there in Mexico in Ecuador uh, we have missionaries in Haiti and uh, we have missionaries down there in the south of Ireland in Spain and so We praise God for what he's doing and how he's sending out uh, more missionaries, but we need more. And this is where you're going to become part of the OMS ministry. You're going to be praying that God will send out more missionaries into uh, his uh, mission field. So we thank God for that and we pray that he will continue to uh, minister around the world um, while uh, there is still uh, time. So as we turn to God's word uh, just now, I want by way of introduction, I think we've got the... PowerPoint now I want to basically ask you as we think about taking the gospel around the world I mean as we think about the importance of prayer um, in that task I want to ask this evening what is our purpose as believers what is the purpose of the church what is the function of the church today the world is in pieces over a third of the world's population still need to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. It is said there are some 7.7 billion people in the world today. 3 billion live among unreached people groups of the world, and 1.6 billion are completely unevangelized. That is, they have never heard the message of the gospel that you hear week in and week out. It is said that 210 million people cannot read the Bible because one does not exist in their language. And listen to this. In the last 40 years, over 1 billion people have died who have never heard of Jesus. And around 30 million people this year will perish without hearing the message of salvation. Now that ought to trouble us. That ought to break our hearts These are more than just figures. These are facts, and they speak of people around the world. I read an interesting uh, book recently entitled Finish the Mission, written by John Piper and David Mathis. I put it up on the screen because this is worth reading and worth hearing. The mission of God given by Jesus to his disciples and ultimately to us, his church, is an almost unthinkable invitation. It is truly a great commission. We have marching orders. It is clear what we Christians are to be about on this planet. There is no gray area. There is no haze, no mist, no need to debate or think or pray or fast for God to make himself clear on this subject. It is already crystal clear what the church is to be about, namely taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to every distinct grouping of people on planet earth at all costs for the sake of his name dear friends god is on the move he is going to do it the mission will not abort he is inviting us he is saying this is what i'm doing this is where i'm going this is what's on my heart join me we must never ever minimize the mission of the church for it ought to be the same as god's mission the reason why cumber baptist exists is because of god's mission God is doing a work and he is inviting you as a church to be involved in that work. Namely to reach the world with the message of the gospel. We remember those familiar and I feel often too familiar words. Mark chapter 16 verse 15. And Jesus said to them, that is to his disciples, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And can I pause there and say that is to all people are we not guilty at times of selecting those we're going to share the gospel with him no he's too far gone her ah, i've tried so many times and she just won't listen to all people whatever their color whatever their class whatever their creed whatever they wear whatever they don't wear whatever they believe whatever they don't believe ours as a church is a task to go to them with a message. And as we pray for ourselves in the church, oh, how we need to pray for those in the world who still do not know Jesus Christ as Savior. This is our responsibility. This is our task. And so before we take time to think about this, we're going to turn to God's Word as we find it in Romans chapter 10. The theme for our talk, we continue pray continually, is our overall theme for the day. And this morning, we looked at what really matters and this evening, our theme, our title is My Heart's Desire. My Heart's Desire. And I trust that as you examine your heart, that your desire will be like that of the Apostle Paul. That your heart will beat the same beat that God's heart beats with. Romans chapter 10, then. Romans chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 1 to 15. Right at the very beginning, here's the clue to the message. Brothers, My heart's desire and prayer to God for them, that is for Israel, is that they might be saved. I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Verse 5. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the Scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And we pray God will add his blessing even to the public reading of his own precious word. While our passage in Romans 10 relates primarily to... um, God's people Israel it applies to all lost souls around the world beginning here in Cumber in this island of Ireland Europe and right around the world for some your mission field is here at home for others it may be further away but for all of us without exception our mission is to pray it was oswald chambers who said on one occasion and alfie alluded to it earlier on in the service prayer does not fit us for the greater work prayer is the greater work prayer does not fit us for the greater work prayer is the greater work the work of mission cannot happen without prayer The work that God is doing around the world will happen as we pray. Now, I'm not limiting God's power to work. But I do believe in the power of prayer. That prayer changes things. That prayer makes a difference. That prayer moves the hand of God. And people are saved. It's important, I believe, at this stage, just to take a moment to understand briefly the context of Romans chapter 10. In Romans chapter 9, Paul is emphasizing God's faithfulness, his righteousness. He speaks of his justice and his grace. Israel, well, like many nations and many people, thought they could be saved and accepted by a holy God through their own efforts, their own religious works. Paul teaches that God does not save people on the basis of birth or behavior. God only saves by grace. Through faith. And now here in chapter 10. Paul again confronts Israel's rejection of God's way of salvation. They felt it wasn't necessary. That their religion was sufficient. You see they were proud and self-righteous. They had clearly misunderstood the law of Moses. But how we praise God that he is a gracious God. He was and still is a gracious God. And if you're here this evening, and as yet you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you know nothing of the salvation that God is offering, then can I encourage you to come to him this evening? Maybe you, like Israel, you've been trusting in religion. You've been uh, trusting in your own self-works. You have been thinking maybe there is, this isn't really necessary. But how we long to see you saved, just as Paul longed to see Israel saved. And how we need to pray to that end. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. There is no one too deep in sin that God cannot rescue. And if I was to ask each of you this evening to share your testimony Whilst it would be all, in some ways, different different time of life, God spoke to you um, from a, in a different set of circumstances. He spoke to you through different people. He spoke to you. But it's the same God who loves, who calls, who saves, who rescues and makes you his children. And that's why I love testimonies. I love to hear of the grace of God. And then we find Paul here in chapter 10 asks a series of important questions And it goes something like this. But how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they've never heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? How then? How then can our prayers here in Cumber Baptist for the world make a difference? Well, let me suggest uh, three things this evening as we look again at Romans chapter 10. First of all, we see the compassion that we must show. Verse 1, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them, that is for Israel, is that they may be saved. Is that your heart's desire? Maybe you have family members and they're still not saved. Is that the burning desire that God would save them? Maybe you have neighbors, friends that you work with, colleagues that you rub shoulders with. Maybe others that you study with, people you leave your car in with, people that you come into contact with as you wait for a doctor's appointment. Is it your heart's desire that they would be saved? Oh, that God would burn that deep in our heart, that we would have that compassion for others, that same compassion that Jesus had when he looked out onto the multitudes, for he saw people without a shepherd. Paul's heart's desire was for Israel to be saved. He wanted this so much that he was constantly in prayer for it. I find it sad sometimes that the church has a concerted effort once a year, a week of prayer. Ought this not to be our desire every week of the year? There are people that need saved, people that need reached, people that need rescued, people all around the world who are dying without Christ. Our prayers for the world must be motivated by a love for those who are still outside of God's family. And I believe there is no greater motivation to mission than to think just where that person, that individual, that family member, that friend, those people in that country, if they die tonight without Christ, where they're going to spend all of eternity. That, that makes the hairs on the back of my neck, and there aren't too many, but it makes them stand. If they die without Christ... They're facing a lost eternity. And as I alluded to earlier, almost one-third of the world's population have never heard the message of God and his love through Jesus. That is just over two and a half billion people. Will you pray for those people? I'm looking forward to heaven because there in heaven we will meet people that we have been praying for for years. Isn't that amazing? To think that you've been praying for countries and people groups, situations, Friends, neighbors, they be praying for years and you're going to see them in heaven. Don't you believe God answers prayer? I believe God answers prayer. And as we pray, let's pray expectingly. Does anyone really care then? Do you and I really care? Does the church care? Let us look again at the attitude of Paul. Let's listen to what he's really saying here. He's saying, believe me, friends, all I want for Israel is what's best for Israel. Salvation, nothing less. I want it with all my heart, and I pray to God for it all the time. I readily admit that the Jews are impressively energetic regarding God, but they are doing everything exactly backward." They don't seem to realize that this comprehensive setting things right, that is salvation, is God's business. And it's a most flourishing business, by the way. Right across the street, they set up their own salvation shops and noisily hawk their wares. After all these years of refusing to really deal with God on his terms, insisting instead of making their own deals, they have nothing to show for it. Dear friends, that's what's happening all around us. This is the situation with people that we see as we pick up our newspaper, as we turn on our television, as we converse one with the other, as we hear of tragedy after tragedy after tragedy, as we hear of homes breaking down, as we hear of children being abandoned, as we hear of regimes across the world that mean nothing less than torture. Oh, we need to pray. We need to pray like never before. Can you see into the heart of the Apostle Paul? Can you hear his voice almost breaking? Certainly his heart is breaking. He longs to see Israel saved, and he is constantly in prayer with God about it. I thank God for those who prayed for me, those who never gave up. Until at the age of 16, I bowed the knee and asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be my Savior. Then there were three of us in my family praying for the other five. And so we continued, and one by one, over the years, have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. Still praying for my younger brother. I believe God answers prayer. I believe God will save him. And we need to be that bold, that courageous, have that courageous attitude, that that confidence in God. We had it up on the screen several times this morning, and again several times with God. Nothing, nothing is impossible. There's no situation that our God cannot change. There's no person that our God cannot save. There's no country that our God cannot change. Do you realize that the most evangelized country in the world today is Iran? Iran. A few years ago, it was totally closed to the word of God and the gospel. And now it's the fastest growing evangelical church in the world. Why? Because God's people pray and God moves. I love the words of a recent song, and those of you who are younger in the congregation will uh, know who sings this, Ren Collective. It's a song entitled Build Your Kingdom. Listen to the words. We seek your kingdom first. We hunger and we thirst. Refuse to waste our lives, for you're our joy and prize to see the captive hearts released, the hurt, the sick, the poor at peace. We lay down our lives for heaven's cause. We are your church. We pray, revive this earth. I can almost hear the Apostle Paul singing that. He reminds us in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us as we pray. You and I would be far less negative, far less likely to give up and far less likely to settle for less if we really believed God could do immeasurably more than than we ask or think or imagine. Dear friends, we, we are the sons of the only true and living God. The one who created this world, the one who sustains this world, the one to whom one day we all must buy. What a privilege to talk to God in prayer. The fact that God is able to do immeasurably beyond all that we even ask or think is It's totally mind blowing and it would absolutely change our prayer lives, I believe, if we really believed it. As we think about the compassion that we must show, do we have compassion? Are we moved? Do we have, like the Apostle Paul, that heart's desire to see people saved? Are we truly seeking his kingdom or are we just simply wasting our lives? marking time leaving it to others do we believe that god can respond to our prayers do we believe he is able to do what he says he can do the compassion that we must show secondly the salvation we must share we cannot get away from this task we cannot get away from this mission this great commission that god gave to his disciples on your name was on that job description by the way if you're a believer if you're a child of God then it is your task too well you may not be able to go to Indonesia or Mexico but you can go across the street and I'll tell you this you can go right around the world as you pray and as you think about countries situations people groups you can pray here that God will move and bless verse 9 tells us, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What a message. What a message. Again, dear friend, if you're here this evening, listen. Listen to what God's word says. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved tonight, right now. I believe in this message. I believe it's the only way to be saved. It's the only way to be right with God. It's the only hope for me, for you, for this community, for this island, and for this world. Having expressed his desire and earnest prayer for the lost, Paul is moved to action. There's an important message to share. This is the only message of hope. It's the only way of salvation. True salvation from God is not about sorting things out not about fixing things ourselves, not about hoping that everything will fall into place one day. It's not about trying to make things right with a holy God on our terms. You're not doing anything. You're simply calling out to God, trusting him to do it for you. That's salvation. With your whole being, you embrace God setting things right, and then you say it right out loud, God has set everything right between him and me. There is therefore now no condemnation and we are at peace with God. This message needs to be preached loud and clear for everyone to hear from the youngest to the oldest. Let's not shy away. Let's not pretend to be politically correct as we engage with people and give them exactly what they need. This is what Jesus had in mind when he called his disciples to the mission field and ultimately you and I. I read a little book a couple of years ago by a guy called David Platt. It's a little book entitled Radical. If you haven't read it, I would encourage you to read it. And in this book, he seeks to remind us of the role model he sees in Jesus Christ. Again, I've put this quote on the screen so that you can follow along with me. With the task of taking the gospel to the world, he, that is Jesus, wandered through the streets and byways of Israel looking for a few men. He would intentionally shun titles, labels, plaudits, and popularity in his plan to turn the course of history upside down. All he wanted was a few men who would think as he did, love as he did, see as he did, teach as he did, and serve as he did. All he needed was to revolutionize the hearts of a few, and they would impact the world. Wow. And I believe God is seeking to revolutionize a few, even in this church, if not all of us, in order to impact the community of Cumber, and this island, and this world. Oh, that we would be, as Peter encourages us in 1 Peter 3, verse 8, ready to give an answer, verse 15 tells us. Give an answer of what? Of the hope that you and I have. Why should we be ashamed? Paul reminds us, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Why? Because it's the power of God unto salvation to all who will believe. This is why we can be confident. This is why we need not shirk our responsibilities. Faith demands not only our words, but our actions. We can share Jesus in our neighborhood, in our workplace, in our school, in our places of recreation. We can talk about Jesus in the waiting room, on the bus, or on the train. We can take the good news to others through the doors of friendship. Lord Jesus, hear our prayer tonight. We want to be your witnesses everywhere we go. When Jesus first called his disciples, little did they realize then just the impact they would have in God's mission into God's world. They were just ordinary men like you and me. But having now been called by God and responding to that call, they could be used by God to capture the hearts of people with the message of the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Today, with the power of the Holy Spirit of God, we follow in their steps as we share the good news of Christ's love and salvation oh may our lives both declare and exhibit this love that can change lives purposes and eternal destinies oh will you pray to that end let us thank God that he richly blesses all who call on him do we believe it let us thank God for the power of the gospel to save do we believe it Let us thank God that he intends to bring people of every nation, including our own, into a personal relationship with him. Do we believe it? Oh, let us pray and ask God to build his kingdom in Ireland, in Europe, and right around the world. Thirdly, and finally, we have thought of the compassion that we must show, the salvation that we must share. But let us now think of the messengers we must send. And verse 15 of Romans chapter 10 says this, And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. When we say preaching the good news, it's not just someone who stands up in the front of a church behind a pulpit and opens God's word and preaches it. You can preach the message of salvation. You can share the message of salvation right where you are. You can reach people that I cannot reach. And I can reach people that you cannot reach. And this is the greatest excitement, the greatest joy in being a follower of Jesus Christ. Wherever He takes us, we can share this message. But there is a responsibility, Paul highlights here, on the church to pray. Pray what for? Well, to pray for God's mission in God's world, what a privilege. We have been given the inestimable privilege of being part of God's mission that will not only accomplish the purpose but also share in the glory. But listen, we're not only to pray for God's mission, and I know that many of you do pray regularly for Baptist missions and for other missionary agencies, and I trust you'll pray for OMS from now on too. But we are also to pray that he, God, would continue to send those who would take the message of salvation. This too is our responsibility. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would raise up Maybe some within this church who will go, being sent out from this church to reach those who are still outside of Christ. Billions waiting to hear the message of salvation. Indeed, we are commanded by Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, verse 38, to pray that the Lord would send out workers into his harvest field. Are you praying for that? When was the last time you prayed for God to raise up workers to go to the mission field? Oh, and by the way, when you pray that prayer, you must be prepared to go too. You can't, you can't pray and ask God to, to send if, if you're staying at home. You can't ask God to raise up and send out and help those who are going to take a message if you're not prepared to do it. So therein lies the responsibility. We pray for the message of the gospel around the world and we pray that God will raise up and send out workers and we're saying, Lord, here am I. If it means I have to go, I'm prepared to go wherever you want me to go. We are to pray for the world, for those who need to hear the message. Paul tells us to pray for the gospel itself, for its proclamation, for its progress. But we must pray for those to go. Returning to that song I referred to earlier on, building your kingdom, um, another verse says this, Unleash your kingdom's power, reaching the near and far. No force of hell can stop your beauty changing hearts you made us for much more than this awake the kingdom seed in us fill us with the strength and love of christ we are your church we know that one day every knee will bow to the lord jesus christ and there will be a great multitude that no one can number from every tribe and language and nation loving and serving the lord jesus in a reborn world that's made clear in scripture Which is why Jesus says we can pray with absolute certainty, Lord, your kingdom come. I know that God's going to answer. In that book I referred to as well earlier, Finish the Mission by John Piper, Ed Stetzer in that book wants our churches to be able to stand before God and say this, Here I am, Lord. Send me. Cause me to live as an agent of your mission to partner with others to spread your gospel to the nations because we love the nations cause me to proclaim gospel of repentance so that men and women might hear it all over the globe by the power of your spirit in all these things may we be a missional missions-minded gospel-centered spirit-empowered church that's my prayer as I thought about our time together today that's my prayer for Cumber Baptist Church. As we think and as we close are you praying for God to send more missionaries more messengers are you are you prepared to be one of those messengers will you ask God to fill you with his strength and power for his mission Will you pray for other churches around the world that God would raise up those in those churches too to take the message? So as we conclude, do we have compassion for God's world? If not, let's pray for it. Do we believe in the great message of the gospel? Oh, if not, Lord, help us. Pray that he will help us to believe in this message. Are you available to be sent? I'm praying that you will. Paul in Colossians chapter 4 says this, devote yourselves to prayer. And you're going into a week of prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains, Paul says. Pray that I will proclaim his message as clearly as I should. Whatever the circumstances you find yourselves in, whatever the unique situation that you find yourself in, maybe this week there will be opportunities. God will provide you with opportunities to share. Oh, let us not be ashamed of the gospel. Let's take those opportunities. John Piper again says this, Even our prayers are a gift from the one who works in us, that which is pleasing in his sight. Oh, how grateful we should be that he has chosen us to be employed in this high service. How eager we should be to spend much time in prayer. Alfie was saying, it's just an hour a day. Wouldn't it be great to see every single one of you there? And if you can't be there, will you be praying? I'll be praying with you. I'm committing myself to pray those four hours for Baptist Church this week. I cannot preach to you and not pray. Oh, we need to pray big. Our God cannot be limited. There is nothing our God cannot do. I picked up a little book this summer at Keswick Convention written by Alistair Begg. It's called Pray Big. You've got a few Pounds to spare and you'd like agree to read this. this is another book I'd like to recommend Alistair Beg, pray big. This is what he says. Listen carefully. When a church is gripped by God's grace, when its members focus their heart eyes on Jesus and on eternity, when the buffeting of circumstances don't shake their hope, and they live for the riches of knowing God rather than fleeting treasures of this world, when they look to and live out of a power of greater than themselves, then the glory of God is revealed in the bride just as it is in the bridegroom. When that grace takes hold of a church community, then the world looks on and says, that is at least worth investigating. And then we're able to tell them that this Lord Jesus Christ is a king who will reign forever and ever. And then God's name is praised. So let's pray big prayers this week. Let's pray. father in heaven i thank you for the gift of prayer even though there are some things in this area that are a mystery to me and to all of us we know that it is a necessity and so i exercise the privilege fully confident in both your ability and your willingness to do far more than i could ever imagine or guess help me to ask then for big things for the sake of your glory And through your matchless power, enable me to pray big for Jesus' sake. Amen.